booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. Fear of crime has a grip on the Big Apple. A record number of New Yorkers told a new poll the issue's very serious. NYPD officers are being ordered out back onto the streets, out of the office, to fight crime and quality of life issues. Dr. Anthony Fauci thinks the full-blown phase of the viral pandemic and the easing of restrictions is near, but the head of the CDC disagrees. Iran touted its new long-range nuclear missile yesterday as talks over the defunct Iran nuclear agreement resume. An anti-vax freedom convoy protest may spread right here to the United States, possibly disrupting Sunday's big game and President Biden's State of the Union address planned for March 1. A fear of crime gripping the Big Apple. A record high number of New Yorkers feel crime is a very serious problem. 74% of respondents to a new Quinnipiac University poll think crime is very serious. That's the highest number since pollsters first asked that question back in 1999. Here's New York City Mayor Eric Adams. This is a sea of crime that's being fed by many rivers. And we have to dam each one of those rivers. And we have been unsuccessful to do so uh, throughout the years. These crimes did not start um, during my administration. They have been here for far too long in many parts of our community. Just 50 percent, though, thought crime was a very serious problem back in 2016. Also, four out of 10 voters polled or 43 percent felt New York City is less safe than other big cities. Also, the highest number since Quinnipiac asked that particular question back in 2003. The NYPD, meanwhile, is ordering officers out of the office and out onto patrol starting this week to combat violent crime and other quality-of-life issues. The New York Post reporting a pair of internal memos says the new enhanced deployment strategy is aimed at putting more uniformed cops in visible posts. Here's New York City Police Commissioner Keechant Sewell. We will be laser focused on violent crime with an emphasis on guns. I'll employ experience, decades of my own, the collective talent and input of the members of the NYPD and the invested members of the community. We'll arrest violent criminals, take guns off the street, and then build the cases to help keep them off. So these changes come with gun violence in the city up 30% so far this year. Overall crime in the city up 10% from pre-pandemic levels due to a spike in vehicular thefts and shootings. The end of the full-blown phase of the COVID-19 pandemic may be near. White House Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci said yesterday, virus restrictions may no longer be necessary sometime later this year, including masking. However, in contrast to his statement, the head of the CDC, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, warned Americans not to get ahead of themselves. We've always said that these decisions are going to have to be made at the local level um, and that policies at the local level will look at local cases. They'll look at how local hospitals are doing. They'll look at local vaccination rates. Um, And they, um, as I understand it, in many of these decisions are using a phased approach. Not all of these decisions are being made to stop things tomorrow, but they're looking at a phased approach. According to the CDC, the seven-day average of new cases in the U.S. stood at just over 250,000 as of Monday. Now, that's down 69 percent from January 15th, when over 805,000 cases were reported. 
Iran yesterday unveiled a new long-range missile that has the capability to strike U.S. bases in that region and also hit targets inside arch-enemy Israel. This comes as talks between Washington and Tehran resume in Vienna in an effort to salvage the 2015 nuclear agreement. These new surface-to-surface ballistic missile is called Haybar, the Haybar Buster, and they were displayed on state TV. The name reference to the Jewish oasis Haybar in present-day Saudi Arabia. The Department of Homeland Security is warning that U.S. truckers are potentially planning to block roads in major metropolitan areas here in the United States, similar to that Freedom Convoy protest up in Canada, which has spread to other countries as well. Canada has declared a state of emergency as truckers in this Freedom Convoy protest, and they've turned the capital city of Ottawa into a parking lot, basically. Two crossings at the U.S.-Canada border are blocked, with demonstrators planning to block yet a third. Here's Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Individuals are trying to blockade our economy, our democracy, and our fellow citizens' daily lives. It has to stop. According to a Department of Homeland Security bulletin obtained by The Washington Post, the Freedom Convoy protest activity could impact the big game in Los Angeles this Sunday. Also, President Biden's State of the Union address planned for March 1st. 77 WABC time check, 507. Frank Diaz is at the traffic desk. Hey, good morning, Dave. Well, we got three left lanes blocked at exit 39 on the westbound I-80 because of an accident that's backed up all the way to exit 42. Over to Secaucus because of an accident, a tractor-trailer fire. Lanes of the New Jersey Turnpike Eastern Spur southbound between exit 17 and Southern Mixing Bowl are closed for emergency construction. Otherwise, all the bridges and tunnels are looking pretty good at the moment. Over to the island, Route uh, 27 between exit 39 and 40. The road is closed over there due to some police activity. We also have the left lane blocked on the eastbound Northern State Parkway between exit 31. 132 due to a disabled vehicle. Over in Yonkers, the off-ramp is closed on I-87 uh, on the northbound side at exit 1. And because of a fire in Brooklyn that happened Monday, Gates Avenue uh, on both sides between Marcy and Bedford is closed over there. On the Crossroads Expressway, stop and go traffic between exit 1 and the George Washington Bridge under the apartments. So uh, expect to stick around there for a while. No major transit delays and alternate side parking rules are in effect. I'm Frank Diaz with traffic on the 7th or 77 WABC. Thanks, Frank. And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mostly sunny skies today are high near 50. Mostly clear skies overnight. The lows down to 34. More sun tomorrow with a high near 50. Right now, 35 degrees cloudy skies here on the Big Apple. As expected, New York's governor, Kathy Hochul, lifted the state's mask or vax mandate for business yesterday. But she did, in fact, as was expected to leave in effect that mask mandate for schools as the COVID variant Omicron wanes. Now, the governor said the mask mandate will continue to be optional for counties, cities and business. And at this time, we say that is the right decision to lift this mandate for indoor businesses and let counties cities and businesses to make their own decisions on what they want to do with respect to mask or the vaccination requirement. Given the declining cases, given declining hospitalizations, that is why we feel comfortable to lift this in effect tomorrow. Tomorrow, of course, actually today, Thursday. So that means in New York, proof of vaccination for indoor bars and restaurants, gyms and indoor entertainment spaces remains in place. In the Big Apple, masks are still required on things like mass transit in healthcare settings and schools. Private businesses may make their own choice as to mask requirements for both 
employees and patrons. Two white New York City residents are suing New York State and the City Health Department. The suit claims the eligibility criteria for scarce COVID-19 treatments is racially discriminatory. The plaintiffs are Jonathan Roberts and Charles Van Ruska. They argue that a list of risk factors that health providers consider when prioritizing who can receive limited COVID-19 monoclonal antibodies and other oral antivirals discriminates against them as white men. The suit cited guidance from state and city health agencies that direct health providers to factor in age, vaccination status, diseases, and ethnicity. The suit claims that this listed risk factor has no basis in science and is instead an arbitrary classification. Critics are giving new admission guidelines at New York City's most competitive high school's failing grades. They say these new rules will harm Asian students. Under this new formula, students with low grades, 65 to 75, can land in the highest lottery tier with students who have better grades in the 90s. In recent years, there has been tension at rallies to keep competitive admissions in New York City schools, with many of the supporters being Asian. Asian students have long dominated at many premier schools in New York City with the highest admission rates of any other demographic. Yonkers may eventually play home to a full-fledged commercial casino with table games. New York State Senate Majority Leader Andrea Stewart-Cousins is proposing converting the MGM Empire City Slots Parlor at Yonkers Raceway into a full-fledged commercial casino with table games. The senator says she supports New York Governor Hochul's push to expedite the timetable to issue up to three casino licenses here in New York City and surrounding suburbs. In the past, a moratorium barred consideration of downstate commercial casinos through 2023. The MGM Empire City Slots Parlor opened back in October of 2006. The expansion would also benefit the nearby Resorts World at Aqueduct, which currently offers some 6,000 electronic slots and table games, and that opened in uh, 2011. Here is yet another incident of a repeat offender back onto the city streets, resulting from the downgraded handling of misdemeanor and felony cases at the direction of progressive Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. The New York Post learned that a city sanitation worker was sucker punched during an unprovoked attack on Wednesday by a career criminal who had a felony robbery charge against him downgraded at the DA's direction. Law enforcement sources say 30-year-old Christian Hall allegedly attacked the sanitation worker on 23rd Street without provocation, hitting him in the head. Hall was charged with felony assault and is held pending arraignment. We've all seen the story of the person who's uh, on their eighth arrest, and people say, well, how'd this happen? How'd that assault happen? Well, there were seven prior times with that person struggling with addiction or mental health. We didn't connect that person to services. This is going to make us It's intuitive. It's common sense. I don't understand uh, the pushback. All right. That's D.A. Alvin Bragg there connecting criminals to services he thinks makes us safer. A previous third degree robbery charge against Hall as well at a T.J. Maxx in Chelsea was reduced to petty larceny under Bragg's day one memo. Widespread outrage, though, did lead Bragg to reverse that policy last week in a memo that said commercial robberies committed at knife point or by any other weapon that creates a risk of physical harm will be charged as a felony. 
The head of New York City's National Action Network, the Reverend Al Sharpton, is calling on New York City Mayor Eric Adams to address escalating crime in New York City. Sharpton actually complained businesses are even locking up toothpaste. And here he is on MSNBC's Morning Joe. You go to a local pharmacy, drain weed or or Rite Aid, any of them, and you've got to get someone to help assist you. I mean, they they have the little button there. You hit the buzzer, and the guy comes over and unlocks your toothpaste. I mean, we're talking about basic (laughs) stuff. (laughs) That's it. What did I miss that we now have to lock up toothpaste? Sharpton cut New York City Mayor Eric Adams some slack, though, referencing the current debate in the criminal justice system, referring to bail reform and the Manhattan DA controversy. An overhaul of USPS, United States Postal System, in the works designed to keep delivery at six days a week and save billions of dollars. The U.S. Senate is expected to pass the long-awaited overhaul legislation after the U.S. House okayed it in a 342-92 to 92 vote yesterday. Controversy over the head of the Postal Service system, though, had threatened to tank Republican support. Here's Democratic Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York. Our Postal Service has needed reform for over a decade. Its budgets are severely strained, its delivery services are overwhelmed, and the disruptions unleashed by the Internet have made it harder for it to meet its obligations to the American people and to its own employees. All right, so this bill does a bunch of things. It requires the Postal Service retirees to enroll in Medicare. It eliminates the requirement that the agency prefund its retiree health benefits for 75 years. That'll save tens of billions of dollars. It mandates USPS create a performance dashboard and that carriers continue to deliver your mail six days a week. Again, I'm Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. 77 WABC Time Check is 515. Sports with Justin Ellick. Thank you, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. We'll begin on the ice this morning as the Islanders were the only local sports team to compete last night. It's safe to say they were ready to get back to work after the All-Star break as five first-period goals put the Isles up early in their first game back in Vancouver against the Canucks. Vancouver answered with three unanswered goals thereafter, but winger Matt Martin put them away for good when he lit the lamp late in the third period. Congested area. Matt Martin. Bailey to the front. Falls it up. No ice in here. Zizekas lifts the sticks. Zizekas sets up a shot. They score! That call, Spectacular! <laughs> that call courtesy of TNT. The Islanders walk away with a 6-3 win over the Canucks and now sit at 500 on the dot at 17-17-6 overall, which is good for 11th place in the Eastern Conference. They're 15 points removed from a playoff spot, so the time to get and stay hot is now for the Isles. They'll see if they can do just that tomorrow night in Edmonton when they're set to battle the Oilers. As for the Devils and Rangers, the Devs get to rest up until Sunday when they host the Pittsburgh Penguins in, New York, in Newark. And the vacationing rags will get their second half underway on Tuesday night against the Boston Bruins at the Garden. As for the hardwood news, no action last night locally, but both the Knicks and Nets are set to hoop this evening. Golden State Warriors will welcome in the Knicks tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern time. And the Nets have a date in Washington against the Wizards tonight at 7.30 p.m. 
Something to keep an eye on as well regarding the NBA is today's 3 p.m. trade day, trade deadline as Brooklyn star James Harden is rumored to be on the move before that time. Harden's most likely destination, the city of brotherly love as the Nets and Philadelphia 76ers are in the midst of, a ne- of negotiations that would send Harden to Philly in exchange for controversial point man Ben Simmons. Here with your, bo- uh, here with your early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. And Justin will be back with more sports at 545. Frank Diaz is at the traffic desk. Hey, Deb, thank you. Uh, three lanes are uh, still blocked over on exit 39 on the westbound I-80 because of an accident that's backed up all the way to exit 42. Over to Secaucus because of an accident, a tractor-trailer fire. Lanes at the New Jersey Turnpike Eastern Spurs southbound between exit 17 and Southern Mixing Bowl also closed due to emergency construction. Otherwise, the bridges and tunnels still looking pretty good at the moment. Over to the island, New York Route 27 between exit 39 and 40. The road is closed over there due to some police activity. We also have the left lane blocked on the eastbound Northern State Parkway between exits 30. 31 and 32 due to a disabled vehicle. Over in Yonkers, the op-wrap closed on I-87 at exit 1 due to some water main repairs, and Route 218 is closed between Cornwall and West Point in both directions due to weather-related slide hazards, so use 9W as an alternate. Over to Brooklyn, both sides of Gates Avenue between Marcy and Bedford Avenue is closed because of the fire that happened on Monday. We also got some stop-and-go traffic on the eastbound BQE between exit 26 and Cabinet Plaza. On the Cross Bronx Expressway, Sabago traffic there between Exit 1 and the George Washington Bridge under the apartments. No major transit delays this morning. Alternate side parking rules are in effect. I'm Frank Diaz with Traffic on the 7s for 77 WABC. Thanks, Frank. And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center calling from a mostly sunny day today or high up to 50. Mostly clear skies overnight. The low down to 34. More sun tomorrow. The high again near 50. Right now, 35 degrees. Cloudy skies. Frank Morano has your business report. I'm Frank Morano with your business report. Stocks closed out Wednesday higher as better-than-expected earnings reports continue to roll in. Tesla was behind the big day for the S&P 500 after the electric vehicle maker reported very strong earnings. HP Inc. saw shares jump after the company posted better-than-expected earnings as well. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones gained 305, the S&P 500 grew by 66, and the Nasdaq rose by 296 points. According to the European Central Bank, Vladimir Putin could target European and U.S. banks with a coordinated cyber attack to inflict economic chaos worldwide if Russia invades Ukraine. The ECB has already told banks to conduct cyber war games to test their ability to fend off a potential attack with financial regulators on high alert for a new strike. A military invasion would likely land Russia with its own economic sanctions, but insiders fear Putin may strike first and try to disrupt the West's economic infrastructures. Forty of the 49 Starlink satellites launched by SpaceX last week will disintegrate as they deorbit and burn up in Earth's atmosphere. Estimates suggest that each satellite costs SpaceX $250,000 to build and launch, meaning the storm could cost it as much as $10 million. A geomagnetic storm that rattled Earth's magnetosphere on February 4th raised atmospheric drag, preventing the satellites from raising their orbits and burning up on reentry. And some Democratic senators are calling for suspending the federal gas tax for the remainder of the year to help consumers struggling with rising 
fuel prices. The legislation from Senators Mark Kelly of Arizona and Maggie Hassan of New Hampshire. According to AAA, an average gallon of gasoline is now about $3.45 a gallon and could go higher during peak driving season. However, the bill faces an uphill fight to become law. I'm Frank Moreno with your business report on 77 WABC. Be sure to listen to me at 1 a.m. on the other side of midnight. All futures in the green this morning. The Dow's up 305 points at 35,768. The S&P 500 has risen 65. NASDAQ's up 295 points. The only thing in the red this morning, gold down $3.30 an ounce. The WABC Early News. The White House is not endorsing the lifting of mask mandates by some Democratic governors throughout the country. Instead, the Biden administration is urging Americans to keep following guidance from the CDC and mask up indoors. Press Secretary Jen Psaki. Our guidance is consistently has consistently been this. Uh, when you are in a high transmission area, which is everywhere in the country, you should wear a mask in indoor settings, including schools. Uh, there are states uh, that have uh, rolled back their mask guidelines, that have given more flexibility to communities. They're different. It's not uniform, what every state has done. Uh, and certainly we continue to advise and recommend abiding by public health guidelines. Despite declining cases of Omicron, the CDC is still recommending mask wearing in areas of substantial or high transmission, which... They say is currently the case in 99.4% of counties in America. House Majority Leader Nancy Pelosi is bobbing and weaving. It's all over that proposed ban on stock trading by members of Congress and their spouses. She suggested it should apply to members of the judiciary, including the U.S. Supreme Court. Pelosi, whose husband Paul has made up to $30 million trading shares of big tech companies, says it's complicated. Uh, I do believe in the integrity of people in public service. I want the public to have that understanding. We have to do this to deter um, something that we see as a, a problem, but it is a confidence issue. And if that's what the members want to do, then that's what we will do. And Pelosi says the whole matter is in committee. Two proposals are in the works, though. Senators Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts and Steve Daines, the Republican out of Montana, of course, Warren, the Democrat out of Massachusetts. They both plan to introduce a bill that would ban lawmakers and their spouses from either owning or trading individual stocks. And over in the Senate, a bill crafted by two Democratic senators, John Ossoff of Georgia and Mark Kelly of Arizona, would ban lawmakers from trading stocks while in office and also require them to put their assets in a blind trust. U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, the first openly gay individual to lead a federal department, claimed on Wednesday that Florida Republicans' controversial parental rights in education bill could drive up LGBTQ youth suicide rates if it's in fact implemented. It uh, tells uh, youth uh, who are different or whose families are different that uh, there's something wrong with them out of the gate. And I do think that contributes to the shocking levels of uh, suicidal thoughts and suicide attempts uh, among LGBTQ youth. And the Florida bill bans discussion of sexual orientation or gender identity in state public schools from kindergarten through fifth grade. It also encourages parents to sue school districts that promote talking about such issues. President Joe Biden's approval ratings have never been less low. The president's approval rating, based on an accumulation of all polling data, is below 40 percent. That's a historic low, according to Real Clear Politics. His approval rating is at 39 percent and disapproval rating at 54 percent. 
Blame for these low ratings are issues such as inflation, the continuing COVID-19 pandemic and chaos at the Mexican border. The president has also found himself at the center of the Russia-Ukraine border conflict in Europe. If any, any assembled Russian units move across the Ukrainian border, that is an invasion. But it will be met with severe and coordinated economic response that I've discussed in detail with our allies, as well as laid out very clearly for President Putin. Rising gas prices also at issue in this poll. Democrats are proposing to temporarily, though, suspend the federal gas tax to ease pain at the pumps. Speaking of President Biden, dozens of Republican lawmakers are once again calling for him to take a cognitive test. 38 Republicans led by former President Trump's White House doctor, Representative Ronnie Jackson of Maryland, sent a letter to the president yesterday asking Biden to take a cognitive test. The Republicans' recent letter cited several instances of what they categorized as a mental decline including when the president recently called Fox News reporter Peter Ducey a stupid son of a bee and when he forgot the names of states on the campaign trail. That's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a The 79-year-old president underwent two brain surgeries to relieve brain aneurysms that threatened his life. Back in the 1980s, so far, no response from the White House on that request. ISIS has begun choosing its new leader from a close circle of battle-hardened Iraqi jihadists following the death of Abu Ibrahim al-Hashimi al-Qurashi during a raid by U.S. Special Forces last week. Security officials and independent analysts believe that there are four frontrunners to lead the terrorist group, including one extremist who was declared dead by the White House last year. Controversial podcaster Joe Rogan fighting back against the cancel culture after viral clips surfaced of him repeatedly saying the N-word on his Spotify podcast. For years, I used it in that manner. I never used it to be racist because I'm not racist. But whenever you're in a situation where you have to say, I'm not racist, you f***ed up. And I clearly have f***ed up. Well, Rogan is being targeted by left-wing activists. Spotify currently hosts a slew of convicted criminals, alleged sex traffickers, and otherwise disgraced artists who haven't faced the same calls for deplatforming. For example, R&B legend R. Kelly remains on the platform and rakes in close to 5 million listeners a month. He was found guilty in 2021 of sex trafficking, racketeering, sexual exploitation, or child kidnapping, and more. Famed glam rocker and convicted pedophile Gary Glitter is responsible for a slew of classic hits, most notably Rock and Roll Part 2, a semi-annual uh, uh, sports tune. And Rock and Roll Part 2 remains on Spotify along with the majority of Glitter's work. 77 WABC Time Check, 527. Frank Diaz is at the traffic desk. Hey, Deb. Well, that accident on the westbound side of I-80 at exit 39 has now been cleared. We also still have that accident, a tractor-trailer fire on the southbound eastern spur between exit 17 and southern mixing bowl. That area is still closed for emergency construction. We also got some stop-and-go traffic on various parts of Route 1 on both sides near Middlesex County. Otherwise, the bridges and tunnels still looking pretty good at the moment. Over to the island, Route 27 between exit 39 and 40. Roads are closed there due to police activity. We also have the left lane blocked on the eastbound Northern State Parkway between exit 31 and 32 due to a disabled vehicle. 
Over to Yonkers, the off-ramp is still closed on the I-87 at exit 1 due to some water main repairs, and Route 218 is closed between Cornwall and West Point in both directions due to weather-related slide hazards, so use 9W as an alternate. In Brooklyn, both sides of Gates Avenue between Marcy and Bedford is closed due to a fire that happened on Monday. Some stop-and-go traffic on the eastbound BQE between exit 26 and Cabinet Plaza right now, and on the Cross Bronx, we got some stop-and-go traffic on, uh, b- b- between exit 1 and the George Washington Bridge under the apartments. No major transit delays at the moment. Alternate side parking rules are in effect today. I'm Frank Diaz with your traffic on the 7s for 77 WABC. Thanks, Frank. And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mostly sunny today. Highs 50. The overnight low 34. More sun tomorrow with the high again 50. And right now, 35 degrees, cloudy skies. Well, Barry Diller's media group is pulling the plug on the print editions of six glossies it acquired when it bought Meredith Corps last year. Diller's company ceasing to print Entertainment Weekly, InStyle, Eating Well, Health, Parents, and People in Espanol. And they confirm the news first reported by the Wall Street Journal. 77 WABC Time Check 529. Deborah Valentine with your early news. We'll be back after the break with more news, sports, weather, traffic, and business. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. And here's everything you need to know. It's the top five at 530. Fear of crime has a grip on the Big Apple. A record number of New Yorkers told a new poll issues very serious. NYPD officers are being ordered out of the office and back onto the streets to fight crime and quality of life issues. Dr. Anthony, Anthony Fauci thinks the full-blown phase of the viral pandemic and the easing of restrictions is near, but the head of the CDC disagrees. Iran touted its new long-range nuclear missile yesterday as Talks over the defunct Iran nuclear agreement resume. Anti-vax freedom convoy protests may spread here to the United States, possibly disrupting Sunday's Super Bowl and President Biden's State of the Union address on March 1. Fear of crime gripping the Big Apple. A record high number of New Yorkers feel crime is a very serious problem. 74% of respondents to a new Quinnipiac University poll think Crime is a very serious problem, the highest number since pollsters first asked that question in 1999. Here's New York City Mayor Eric Adams. This is a sea of crime that's being fed by many rivers, and we have to dam each one of those rivers, and we have been unsuccessful to do so uh, throughout the years. These crimes did not start um, during my administration. They have been here for far too long in many parts of our community. Just 50 percent thought crime was a very serious problem back in 2016. Also, four out of 10 voters polled or 43 percent felt New York City is less safe than other big cities. That's also the highest number since Quinnipiac asked that question in 2003. Meanwhile, the NYPD is ordering officers out of the office and back out onto patrol starting this week to combat violent crime and other quality of life issues. The New York Post reporting a pair of internal memos says the new enhanced deployment strategy is aimed at putting more uniform cops in visible posts. Here's Police Commissioner Keechant Sewell. We will be laser focused on violent crime with an emphasis on guns. I'll employ experience, decades of my own the collective talent and input of the members of the NYPD and the invested members of the community. 
We'll arrest violent criminals, take guns off the street, and then build the cases to help keep them off. The changes come with gun violence in the city up 30 percent so far this year. Overall, crime in New York City is up 10 percent from pre-pandemic levels due to a spike in vehicular thefts and shootings mainly. The end of the full-blown phase of the COVID-19 viral pandemic may be near. White House Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci said yesterday that virus restrictions may no longer be necessary sometime later this year, including masking. However, in contrast, the head of the CDC, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, warned Americans not to get ahead of themselves. We've always said that these decisions are going to have to be made at the local level um, and that policies at the local level will look at local cases. They'll look at how local hospitals are doing. They'll look at local vaccination rates. Um, And they, um, as I understand it, in many of these decisions are using a phased approach. Not all of these decisions are being made to stop things tomorrow, but they're looking at a phased approach. According to the CDC, the seven-day average of new cases in the U.S. stood at just under a quarter million on Monday. That's down 69 percent from January 15th when over 805,000 cases were reported. Iran unveiled a new long-range missile Wednesday. It has the capability to strike U.S. bases in that region and also hit targets inside arch-enemy Israel. This comes as talks between Washington and Tehran resume in Vienna in an effort to salvage the 2015 nuclear agreement. The new surface-to-surface ballistic missile is called the Haybar, the Haybar Buster. It was displayed on state TV. The name references the Jewish oasis Haybar in present-day Saudi Arabia. It was overrun by Muslim warriors during the 7th century. The Department of Homeland Security is warning that U.S. truckers are potentially planning to block roads in major metropolitan areas within the United States, similar to that big freedom convoy protest in Canada, which has also spread to other countries. Canada has declared a state of emergency as truckers in that freedom convoy protest. It's turned the capital city of Ottawa basically into a parking lot. Two crossings at the U.S.-Canada border are also blocked, with demonstrators planning to block a third. Here's Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Individuals are trying to blockade our economy, our democracy, and our fellow citizens' daily lives. It has to stop. Now, according to a copy of a Department of Homeland Security bulletin that was obtained by the Washington Post, The Freedom Convoy protest activity could impact the big game in L.A. on Sunday and also President Biden's State of the Union address that's planned for March 1 in Washington, D.C. 77 WABC Time Check 537. Frank Diaz, hard at work at the traffic desk. Thanks, Deb. Well, we still have that accident and tractor-trailer fire on the southbound eastern spur between exit 17 and southern mixing bowl. That area is still closed for some emergency surgery. We also got some construction going on on the eastbound I-78 between exit 52 and 56. There's some stop-and-go traffic on various parts of Route 1 on both sides near Middlesex County. Otherwise, the bridges and tunnels still looking pretty good at the moment. Over to the island, we've got a few accidents going on. Uh, we've got one lane blocked and late success on the uh, LIE at uh, exit 33 on the westbound side. Stop-and-go traffic up to exit 35. There was also another accident on Bayshore on Sunrise Highway, uh, the westbound side approaching 5th Avenue 
Uh, we also got the left lane blocked on the eastbound Northern State Parkway between exit 31 and 32 due to a disabled vehicle. Up in Yonkers, the off-ramp is closed on I-87 at exit 1 on the northbound side due to some water main repairs. Exit uh, Route 218 excuse me, is closed between Cornwall and West Point in both directions due to weather-related slide hazards to so use 9W as an alternate. In Brooklyn, in both sides of the Gates Avenue between Marcy and Bedford, it's closed due to a fire that happened on Monday. Some stop and go traffic on the eastbound side of the BQE between exit 26 and Cabinet Plaza. No major transit delays at the moment. Alternate side parking rules are in effect today. I'm Frank Diaz with your traffic on the 7s for 77 WABC. Thanks, Frank, and your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center calling for mostly sunny skies today or high near 50, mostly clear overnight. The lows 34 tomorrow. More sun, the high again 50 right now. 35 cloudy skies. I'm Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. As expected, New York's Governor Kathy Hulka yesterday lifted the state's mask or vax mandate for businesses, but left in place the mandate for schools as the COVID variant Omicron wanes. The governor said the mask mandate will continue to be optional for county, cities, and businesses. And at this time, we say that it is the right decision to lift this mandate for indoor businesses and let counties, cities, and businesses to make their own decisions on what they want to do with respect to masks or the vaccination requirement. Given the declining cases, given declining hospitalizations, that is why we feel comfortable to lift this in effect tomorrow. That tomorrow reference is today. So that means in New York, proof of vaccination for indoor bars and restaurants and also places like gyms and indoor entertainment spaces remains in place. In the Big Apple, masks are still required on places like mass transit in healthcare settings and schools. Private businesses may make their own choice as to whether or not they want mask requirements for employees and patrons. DailyMail.com has revealed that a disturbing allegation was made by an unnamed woman against now Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg during the primary election last spring. The allegation caused Color of Change, which is a political action committee backed by billionaire George Soros, to cut their $1 million donation in half. The organization quietly withdrew its support for Bragg. Color of Change is one of the nation's largest online racial justice groups. The allegation, though, not detailed. We don't know who this woman was who made that allegation. And speaking of Bragg, On Wednesday, the controversial Manhattan DA said he's looking at ways to bring harsher charges for certain types of thefts, specifically opportunists who methodically hit city stores. The sudden shift comes amid what the NYPD reports is a 36 percent surge in retail thefts from 2020 to 2021. Madeline Bram, whose son was murdered in Harlem, appeared on Cats at Night, hosted by 77 WABC owner John Katsimatidis and said Bragg should do his job. Well, I I feel that if uh, Mr. Bragg is a prosecutor, then he needs to prosecute. He needs to uphold his oath of office and do what us taxpayers have hired him to do. Uh, We don't work for him. He works for us. Bragg recently reversed a pair of his most controversial policies amid outrage, his day one memo downgrading some misdemeanor and felony charges. Under Bragg's policies, police say that a female robbery suspect with 59 arrests avoided jail again this week. Serial purse snatcher Nicole Green allegedly kicked a woman on a Queensbound E-train, grabbed her purse and took money from her wallet. According to cops, she was charged with robbery in the third degree. Green was freed by a Manhattan judge after Bragg's office asked for supervised release. 
Green avoided a jail state days earlier, actually last Thursday, for violating terms of her release in another robbery case by missing a court-mandated hearing. The head of New York City's National Action Network, the Reverend Al Sharpton, is calling on New York City Mayor Eric Adams to address escalating crime in New York City. Sharpton complained businesses are even locking up toothpaste. Here he is on MSNBC's Morning Joe. You go to a local pharmacy, Drain Weed or or Rite Aid, any of them, and you've got to get someone to help assist you. I mean, they they have the little button there. You hit the buzzer, and the guy comes over and unlocks your toothpaste. I mean, we're talking about basic (laughs) stuff. (laughs) That's it. What did I miss that we now have to lock up toothpaste? Sharpton did cut New York City Mayor Eric Adams some slack, referencing the current debate in the criminal justice system, uh, referring to calls for bail reform and the Manhattan DA controversy. New York City's public schools are seeing an uptick in school crime following the return from remote learning, including alleged assaults and sex offenses. The new stats are from a New York Post analysis of NYPD data. The data shows that over the last three months of last year, the number of kids busted for assault jumped to 71 from 37 during the same time period in 2019. Kids busted for sex offenses, including things like forcible touching, sex abuse and rape, rose from 14 in 2019 to 27 sex offenses during that same time period. Now, the data also shows students arrested for rape were up from two to five. Overall, the number of felony arrests involving students was relatively flat, though, going from 72 in 2019 to 77 during the fourth quarter of 2021. Georgia Democratic gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams is backtracking amid uproar over photographs showing her maskless in various situations alongside elementary school children who are forced to keep their faces covered. Adams claimed on CNN Tuesday night that she went to Glenwood Elementary School in Decatur to participate in an African-American read-in day and told the students she would remove her mask so everybody could hear her. That was a mistake. Protocols matter, and protecting our kids is the most important thing, and anything that can be perceived as undermining that is a mistake, and I apologize. And despite Abrams' insistence that she planned to put her mask back on as soon as possible, Photos show she was the only maskless person in several photos with both students and staff. 77 WABC time check, 545. And as promised, Justin Ellett is back with sports. Thank you, Deb. I'm just getting my little report here up on my little reader thingy, whatever you want to call Oh, you this. could ad-lib the whole thing, Justin. I've got faith. <laughs> you know, I've ad-libbed newscasts when the screen is going I'm blank. Sure. And, I'm sure. uh, you know, you do what you have to do. Listen, you're the proest pro I've ever met there, Deb. So uh, props to you. Checks in the mail. <laughs> I am Justin Alec here with your early news sports update. We'll begin on the ice this morning as the Islanders were the only local sports team to compete last night. It's safe to say they were ready to get back to work after the All-Star break as five First period goals put the Isles up early in their first game back in Vancouver against the Canucks. Vancouver answered with three unanswered goals thereafter, but winger Matt Martin put them away for good when he lit the lamp late in the third period. Congested area. Matt Martin. Falls it up. No ice in here. Zizekas lifts the sticks. Zizekas sets up a shot. They score! 
That Spectacular. Call, that call courtesy of TNT. That put the Isles up 6-3, and they walked away with the win over the Canucks. They now sit at 500 on the dot at 17-17-6 and six overall, which is good for 11th place in the Eastern Conference. They're 15 points removed from a playoff spot, so the time to get and stay hot is now for the Isles. They'll see if they can do just that tomorrow night in Edmonton when they're set to battle the Oilers. As for the Devils and Rangers, the Devs get to rest up until Sunday when they host the Pittsburgh Penguins in Newark. And the vacationing Rags will get their second half underway on Tuesday night against the Boston Bruins at the Garden. As for hardwood news, no action last night locally, but both the Knicks and Nets are set to hoop this evening. The Golden State Warriors will welcome in the Knicks tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And the Nets have a date in Washington against the Wizards tonight at 7.30. Something to keep an eye on as well regarding the NBA's today's 3 p.m. trade deadline as Brooklyn star James Harden is rumored to be on the move before that time. Harden's most likely destination, the city of brotherly love, as the Nets and Philadelphia 76ers are in the midst of negotiations that would send Harden to Philly in exchange for controversial point man Ben Simmons. Here with your early news sports update, I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Justin. And over to the traffic desk with Frank Diaz. Hey, Deb. Well, we still got that accident and tractor trailer fire on the southbound Eastern Spur between exit 17 and the southern mixing bowl. That area is closed for emergency construction at the moment. Also, some construction going on on the eastbound side of I-78 between exits 52 and 56. We also got some stop-and-go traffic on various parts of Route 1 on both sides near Middle, excuse me, Middlesex County. Otherwise, the bridges and tunnels looking pretty good at the moment. Over to the island, that stalled vehicle was cleared on the eastbound Northern State Parkway between exits 31 and 32. However, we have one lane blocked on the westbound side of the LIE at exit 33. There's some stop-and-go traffic all the way back to 35. We've also got the uh, left lane blocked in uh, Bayshore on the westbound side of the Sunrise Highway approaching exit 43. Over to Hudson Valley, there's an accident on the exit ramp at West Nyack on the southbound side of the New York State Thruway at exit 12. Route 218 is closed between Cornwall and West Point in both directions due to weather-related slide hazards, so use 9W as an alternate. Over to Brooklyn, both sides, the Gates Avenue between Marcy and Bedford Avenue is closed because of that fire that happened on Monday. we got some stop-and-go traffic on the eastbound BQE between exit 26 and Cabin Plaza. No tra- major transit delays and alternate side parking rules are in effect. I'm Frank Diaz with traffic on the 7s for 77 WABC. Thanks, Frank. And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mostly sunny skies today are highs up to 50 overnight. The low is 34. Mostly clear skies, more sun tomorrow. The high again, 50 right now, still holding steady at 35 degrees. Clear skies. Frank Morano has your business report. I'm Frank Morano with your business report. Stocks closed out Wednesday higher as better than expected earnings reports continue to roll in. Tesla was behind the big day for the S&P 500 after the electric vehicle maker reported very strong earnings. HP Inc. saw shares jump after the company posted better than expected earnings as well. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones gained 305, the S&P 500 grew by 66, and the Nasdaq rose by 296 points. According to the European Central Bank, Vladimir Putin could target European and U.S. banks with a coordinated cyber attack to inflict economic chaos worldwide if Russia invades Ukraine. The ECB has already told banks to conduct cyber war games to test their ability to fend off a potential attack with financial regulators on high alert for a new strike. A military invasion would likely land Russia with its own economic sanctions, but insiders fear Putin may strike first and try to disrupt the West's economic infrastructures. Forty of the 49 Starlink satellites launched by SpaceX last week will disintegrate as they deorbit and burn up in Earth's atmosphere. 
atmosphere. Estimates suggest that each satellite costs SpaceX $250,000 to build and launch, meaning the storm could cost it as much as $10 million. A geomagnetic storm that rattled Earth's magnetosphere on February 4th raised atmospheric drag, preventing the satellites from raising their orbits and burning up on reentry. And some Democratic senators are calling for suspending the federal gas tax for the remainder of the year to help consumers struggling with rising fuel prices. The legislation from Senators Mark Kelly of Arizona and Maggie Hassan of New Hampshire. According to AAA, an average gallon of gasoline is now about three forty-five a gallon and could go higher during peak driving season. However, the bill faces an uphill fight to become law. I'm Frank Moreno with your business report on 77 WABC. Be sure to listen to me at 1 a.m. on the other side of midnight. And futures lit in the green this morning. The Dow's up 305 points or almost 1%. That's and 500 up 65 points. NASDAQ's climbed 295 points. Actually, the only thing in the red is gold down $2.40 an ounce. It's the WABC Early News. The White House is not endorsing the lifting of mask mandates by some Democratic governors around the country. Instead, the Biden administration is urging Americans to keep following guidance from the CDC and mask up indoors. Press Secretary Jen Psaki. Our guidance is consistently has consistently been this. Uh, when you are in a high transmission area, which is everywhere in the country, you should wear a mask in indoor settings, including schools. Uh, there are states uh, that have uh, rolled back their mask guidelines, that have given more flexibility to communities. They're different. It's not uniform, what every state has done. Uh, and certainly we continue to advise and recommend abiding by public health guidelines. The CDC still recommending mask wearing in areas of substantial or high transmission, which is currently the case in about 99. Four percent of counties throughout America. House Majority Leader Democrat Nancy Pelosi bobbing and weaving over a proposed ban on stock trading by members of Congress and their spouses. Pelosi suggesting it should apply to members of the judiciary as well, including the high court, the U.S. Supreme Court. Pelosi, whose husband, Paul, has made up to 30 million dollars trading shares of big tech companies, says it's complicated. Uh, I do believe in the integrity of people in public service. I want the public to have that understanding. We have to do this to deter um, something that we see as a a problem, but it is a confidence issue. And if that's what the members want to do, then that's what we will do. And Pelosi does say this idea is in committee review. Two proposals are in the works. Senators Elizabeth Warren, the Democrat out of Massachusetts, and Steve Daines, the Republican out of Montana, plan to introduce a bill. That bill would ban lawmakers and their spouses from either owning or trading individual stocks. A Senate bill that is being crafted by two Democratic senators, John Ossoff of Georgia and Mark Kelly of Arizona, would ban lawmakers from not only trading stocks while in office, it would also require them to put the assets into a blind trust. U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, the first openly gay individual to lead a federal government department, claimed on Wednesday that Florida Republicans' controversial parental rights and education bill could drive up LGBTQ youth suicide rates should it be implemented. It uh, tells uh, youth uh, who are different or whose families are different that uh, there's something wrong with them out of the gate. And I do think that contributes to the shocking levels of uh, suicidal thoughts and suicide attempts uh, among LGBTQ youth. The Florida bill bans discussion of sexual orientation or gender identity in state public schools from 
kindergarten through fifth grade? Should it be passed? Now, it also encourages parents to sue school districts that promote talking about such issues. President Joe Biden's approval ratings have never been this low. The president's approval rating, based on an accumulation of all polling data, is below 40 percent. That's a historic low, according to Real Clear Politics. Approvals at 39 percent, disapproval when averaged at 54 percent. Blame for these low ratings are issues such as inflation, the continuing COVID-19 pandemic, and chaos at the Mexican border. The president has also, of course, found himself at the center of the Russia-Ukraine border conflict in Europe. If any, any assembled Russian units move across the Ukrainian border, that is an invasion. But it will be met with severe and coordinated economic response that I've discussed in detail with our allies, as well as laid out very clearly for President Putin. Rising gas prices are also an issue. Democrats are proposing to temporarily suspend the federal gas tax to try and ease pain at the pumps. And speaking of President Biden, 38 Republicans led by Trump's former White House doctor, Representative Ronnie Jackson, the Republican out of Maryland, sent a letter to the president Tuesday asking President Biden to take a cognitive test. The Republicans citing several instances here of what they categorized as mental decline, including when Biden recently called Fox News reporter Peter Ducey a stupid son of a bee, and also when he forgot the names of states out on the campaign trail. That's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a The 79-year-old president actually underwent two brain surgeries to relieve brain aneurysms that threatened his life. That was back in the 1980s when he was a U.S. senator. ISIS has begun choosing its new leader from a close circle of battle-hardened Iraqi jihadists following the death of Abu Ibrahim al-Hashimi al-Qurashi during a raid by U.S. Special Forces last week. Security officials and independent analysts believe that there are four frontrunners to lead the terrorist group including one extremist who was declared dead by the White House last year. A controversial podcaster, Joe Rogan, fighting back against the cancel culture after viral clips surfaced of him repeatedly saying the N-word on his Spotify podcast. For years, I used it in that manner. I never used it to be racist because I'm not racist. But whenever you're in a situation where you have to say, I'm not racist, you f***ed up, and I clearly have f***ed up. And while Rogan is being targeted by left-wing activists, Spotify currently hosts a slew of people like convicted criminals, alleged sex traffickers, and otherwise disgraced artists. For example, R&B legend R. Kelly remains on their platform and rakes in close to 5 million listeners a month. You might remember he was found guilty back in 2021 of sex trafficking, racketeering, sexual exploitation of a child, kidnapping, and more. 77 WABC time check, 557. Frank Diaz is at the traffic Hey, Deb, desk. well, we still got that accident. A tractor trailer fire on the southbound eastern spur between exit 17 and southern mixing bowl. That area is closed for emergency construction. We also have some construction going on on the eastbound I-78 between exit 52 and 56. There's also some stop-and-go traffic on various parts of Route 1 on both sides near Middlesex County. Otherwise, all the bridges and tunnels are still looking pretty good at the moment. Over to Long Island, we got two accidents on the Sunrise Highway. The eastbound side between exits 39 and 40 is closed due to an accident over there, and the on-ramp for exit 59 is also blocked off. 
in that area. Also got the left lane blocked on the westbound side approaching exit 43. Also one lane blocked on the westbound side of the LIE at exit 33. There's some stop and go traffic all the way back to exit 35. Over to Hudson Valley, there's an accident on the exit ramp in West Nyack on the southbound side of the New York State Thruway at exit 12. Route 218 is closed between Cornwall and West Point in both directions due to weather-related slide hazards, so use 9W as an alternate. Over to Brooklyn, both sides of Gates Avenue between Marcy and Bedford Avenue is closed due to the the house fire on on Monday. There's also some stop traffic on the southbound side of the Harlem River Drive between exit 19 and the Willis Avenue Bridge. Also stop traffic on the eastbound BQE between exits 26 and Cabinet Plaza. No major transit delays at the moment. Alternate side parking rules are in effect. I'm Frank Diaz with Traffic on the 7s for 77 WABC. All right, 77 WABC Time Check, 558. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mostly sunny skies today are highs near 50. Mostly clear skies overnight. The low down to 34. More sun tomorrow. The high again, 50. 35 degrees right now under cloudy skies. We're working our way to the Bernie and Sid in the Morning program coming up at 6 o'clock. New York City's number one morning program. And Sydney is always sipping his coffee right now. So I'll tell you who all the guests are on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning program. Coming up, 7.05, Curtis Lewa, of course, a former New York City mayoral candidate, 77 WABC host, founder of the Garden Angels. Oh, and the list goes on. Joe Tacopina with Bernie and Sid coming up at 7.40. And Bill O'Reilly weighs in at 8.40. And, of course, don't miss at the bottom of each hour, the 77 WABC clip of the day. You'll hear Bo Snurdly giving his reasons for not supporting the NFL. You don't want to miss Lydia Reports. That's coming up during the Bernie and Sid in the Morning program at 825. 32 past each hour, Sid Sports, sponsored by Peerless Boilers. And at 940, each and every day, Monday through Friday, during the Bernie and Sid in the Morning program, you can take part in the Peerless Boilers Beat Bernie Contest, always entertaining. All right, 77 WABC time check coming up on 6 o'clock. Deborah Valentine with your early news. And, of course, besides news, sports, weather, traffic, business, don't miss it. Monday through Friday at 5 o'clock. Be early for the 77 WABC early news.